Tay, check. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I uh, turn it down. My uh, volume is so high. Uh, why? No, it's I, I put everyone on six. Oh, jeez. And lowered in produce production. Oh, okay. So like this episode's very um important because like I don't I'm not I don't like my reading and narration voice. Really? Yeah, I just let me don't. hear it. No. Come on. I booked you to read my articles and you're free to riff off of. Mm, so what, I, I'm yeah. being a voiceover specialist. Yes. In the beginning of time, there was one man, Matteo Pascali, an Italian stallion. Uh, before we get to my uh, blog post articles on my website, crookandcomedy.com, please check that out. Uh, Good I, plug. Seamless, yeah, yeah, natural. Yeah. Didn't even feel like you were plugging. Okay. I found some very strange stuff. One really particularly strange thing for you to watch on YouTube. We're going to react to it in a live time. Okay. And uh, I'm going to let this play. Okay. There's audio to it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, what? Well, Jesus Christ. Just wait for it. Wait for it. It's beautiful. The first frame just says, you will suck cock. Comfortably. Focus on the screen. Ideally with headphones on. And relax. And relax. Breathe deeply in. What is and this? Exhale, relax. It's uh, ASMR. Like, I feel like you're trying to hypnotize to me into blowing you. <laughs> That's what I wanted the people to think, but it's not what I was thinking as a joke. Oh, it's freezing. No, it's not. No, 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 you'll see it. All the while, your yeah. body is relaxing. Deeper now. As you hear my voice. Why are you unbuttoning your pants? I'm not. Oh my God! Put your pants on. Okay. I will put my pants on. Okay, good. Into a place where you can relax and relax even further. Did you make this? No, I found it. Who made it? I don't know. Some anonymous chick. To melt. Chick. Yeah. Absorbing these cock sucking. Affirmation. This is absolutely made by a guy. You, you think so? Yeah, dude. Why? It's a woman. Because it's you will trying to convince someone to suck cock. What do you? <laughs> I mean, the first frame. It's. Listen. You are going to suck. Are going God, to I hate me. this. <laughs> Can we just listen to a hallway you room and never bring it up? How long is it? I don't know. You want? Oh my Jesus! <laughs> eight minutes. What? You we're doing the full eight minutes? <laughs> yeah. It's my show. It's my rules. So, then we'll <laughs> read the articles. You easily. I so are going to <laughs> it is. It's going to work. Yeah, yeah, I know. Do you do this to every That's guest? No, I just decided this would be funny for you. Yeah? Yeah. You, I, you like torturing me? Not really. Are you testing? Sucking cock is natural? Good Lord. <laughs> you really think a guy made this? You yeah, I was like, this woman's like, she's trying to channel something. You are constantly. No, this was made by a guy, and that's like an AI voice. Oh, I didn't it's realize like that. the same voice on the we original GPS. Turn left. So oh, you're right. Have a mic. Oh, you're right. I got, you a guy did make this. So you're like, yeah, yeah, what woman? Sucking cock. No woman is trying to convince other women to suck cock. That's that's how you get ahead in this world. What? They keep that secret to themselves. But a man would make this. This is like Mugatu from Zoolander. Yeah. Oh, God. Dude, I got six more minutes of this shit. Yes, yes, we do. Is that why you paid me? No, no. I paid for. No, I paid you mainly to read the article. This was second. You need to find. Dude, we have. You think listeners are, want to hear this from eight, six more minutes? No, but I think they do. But in my head, they do. Really? If they don't like it, they can fast forward what it. What percentage of your listeners are women? Very little. Uh, negative, perhaps negative. No, it's like 4%. Really? Yeah. 80% guy. 
and then 16% non-binary. Pretty much. It says unspecified. Really? Yeah. You are not afraid to suck cock. You love sucking cock. Now that you say a guy made this, I think you're right. Yeah, Tay. Of course. Because I, I just thought a woman made it. Like, like, like I, I didn't know why. I just thought, yeah, it's just a woman that made it. Yeah. Become reality. You will suck cock. You want to be a cocksucker. No, I don't. <laughs> Take it back, bitch. You are made. To suck cock. So it doesn't evolve in any you way. No, it does. And it like the random every two minutes it changes. Alpha cock. What's it next? Eating pussy? Suck no. Cock. Okay, well, has Training it changed balls. once? No, but it will change. Swallowing I just I don't I haven't memorized the patterns yet. Man, I, when Is you said it was gonna be a react video, I thought it was gonna be you like, dude, let's done. like you know, watch a guy get hit in the nuts with the tennis ball. Yeah. Not this, like, Nazi-era so homoerotic <laughs> hypnotize. You will suck cock. They call it nympho hip or something like hypno-nymph. A cocksucker. Are you into this shit? I am, but now you seeing guys Why make it. Why are you playing something that you're into you while I'm here? What the fuck? Because it could be funny. Listen. Really? Yeah. Listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> oh, you listen to me, lady. No, I'm not. All right, how about you that? Want to suck no, I don't. God damn it. <laughs> this is the most unlistenable podcast of all time. No, it's not. Are you sure? I am sure. Well, Should I run down the guests who I've had on here? Yes. Nick Pelleggi. Oh, who else? Quite a few headliners. Anthony DeVito, Mike Racine. What, have you shown this to Anthony? No. Suck. Are you going to? No. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. What the fuck? And yet you don't value me? I value you enough to show you this. You are no, this feels like I feel very unvalued. <laughs> okay, but you're going to read my articles. You feel free to say whatever you want about right. me. You want to. How did it go? What did you show Anthony? Oh, we just talked about mob movies for 26 or 40 minutes. That's great. Yeah. He's very knowledgeable in that. He's yeah. a fellow Italian. Yeah. So it's Racine, right? Yeah. What'd you show Racine? We talked about like, uh, uh, I had him tell him his last time he was on the podcast, talk about how he's taking his landlord to court. Cool. Yeah. Why? That's a very convoluted story. And if you want to hear it, Brett, tune into that episode called Bling Bling Men or The Bling Bling Men. You suck cock so well. You need to find... You're halfway through it, Brett. You're no, halfway. dude, I'm okay. I'm what? I'm more than halfway. <laughs> you were if this were halfway, I actually would leave the podcast. You oh my will. God, we have two minutes left, guys. It didn't change, you liar. No, I thought it does. Did you watch the full eight minutes? Yeah, multiple times. Multiple times? You yeah. Creating opportunities. Yeah, but with porn playing with, with this audio. You are not afraid. Porn on silent? No. So you're, right now you're playing for me something you cranked it to. Well, who hasn't? Cranked it? I mean, everybody, but to yeah. this, yeah. perhaps only you. Okay. Well, it does have a million, like two million views. That your dreams really? of yeah. sucking cock. Okay, more people have masturbated through this. Yeah, weird. But how many have played another podcast for their friend? No. I thought it would be funnier than it was. For you, at least. I'm glad you're having fun. I am. You are made to make fucking awful, weird podcasts. They're not awful or weird, just this segment. What's this segment called? Cockaholic. 
Please don't name the episode that. No, I already have an episode named that. What is it? Confessions of a Cockaholic. I interviewed a gay guy. It is something funny about yeah. Just the idea that you're like, what is this guest credit? Oh, he's gay. Like, like it's not that. (laughs) But he's funny, and that's what I talked about. Oh, that is great. Is he comic? Yeah, he's a comic. Yeah, but he's very funny. But it's the way he said it. It's just like I had a gay guy on to interview him about being gay. That was half of the show. You what? That was half of it, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you play him this? No. Will you? He'll probably hear if he listens. Now that is over. That is done. Now let's, uh, Brett, you can tap into my blog articles from most, the earliest to most recent. And you feel free to riff if you want. I, you have full creative on this stuff. You are the narrator now. Okay, what do I do? Just narrate. Crooklyn Comedy. The website. The website. Collecting physical media from the Criterion Collection by Matteo Pascale. You're Italian's Italian. Not one motherfucker to mess with. He's got a nose, a chin, some hair, two arms, two legs, and a dick that won't quit. It's Matteo Pascal. What am I reading? Um, the text downwards. But did you, you did you like how I introduced? Yeah, you? yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Thank you. You have two arms. I do. There are many cinephiles of all stripes, and many, you wrote this. Yeah. There are many pedophile or cinephiles. It says cinephiles, right? Yeah. There are many cinephiles. Can I say pedophiles? Please don't. <laughs> YouTube's been <laughs> kicking people off for saying that. Like, yeah, who's been kicking people off? Like YouTube, just for like QAnon stuff and like. There Pizzagate. are no pedophiles. Yeah, no. There are many cinephiles. Yeah. With pedophilic tendencies. Why? No, sorry. There are many cinephiles of all stripes, and many of them have a fascination with revolving around the company Criterion Collection. Too many cinephiles and film enthusiasts collecting physical media released by the Criterion Collection is a hobby within itself. What did, did you write the wiki page? No. This this feels like you just the wiki page. It's not. The wiki page is completely different. I was you, trying to be as, as like different as possible. To film hobbyists, Criterion Collection needs a little introduction. But to laymen that are unfamiliar with the Criterion Collection, the basic rundown is Criterion Collection is an American home video corporation that specializes in the distribution of physical media by releasing DVDs and Blu-ray discs. You know, you really would be good at writing an almanac. Probably. You're a great almanac writer. <laughs> okay. Great almanac writer. The company, Criterion Collection's main focus is licensing, restoring, and distributing what they consider to be kiddie porn. What the hell, Mateo? I did not say that, but you can check for yourself on CricklandComedy.com. What they consider to be, quote, important classics in contemporary films. Criterion Collection is the biggest film and media company that scholars, cinephiles, and academic libraries use as a resource for consuming of, as stated, previously important classic and contemporary films. Enthusiasts of Criterion Collection are very much a cult community. Within that regard, that supports that you ever been in a cult? No. Do you want to be? No. Would you consider being Italian a cult? <laughs> to some people, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think is scarier to people? Your position as an Italian or your position as the real-life Joker? I don't even like Joker anymore. You Not anymore? Why not? I just don't. I like Lex Luthor now. Which one's Lex? Superman. Superman? Yeah. What, what lost you about Joker? 
every fucking eighty on January six identifies with that guy. That's very true. Yeah, man. like I'm better than that. I'm better than all of that went yeah. down. Yeah. Tell those bitches, Day. Yeah. You want me to keep reading? Yes, please do. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I said you're, bad for having no, a no, you're free to riff. You're free to. I put you for eight minutes of torture. Now you can torture me. Good. <laughs> Within that regard that supports their mission of presenting important classic and contemporary films, Criterion Collection has an extremely well-viewed series of videos on their YouTube channel titled Close Picks. You know what's great? The faster I go, the sooner this is done. Yeah, I know. That series has featured many prominent independent film people to give their favorite film picks from the Criterion Collection archive, giving slightly commentary on the films they picked. Here's a screenshot of the Criterion Collection closest pick playlist from their YouTube channel. Nathan Lane's. Wait, Closet, not Closest. John Waters. Flying Lotus. These are some famous. Go- Al- oh, Alexander Payne. I thought it was the great, great comic who's a friend, Alex. Payne. Yeah, I know. Very funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's some dude named Alexander Payne. Uh, uh, Josh and Penny, Benny Softy. Yeah. Do you like their movie? I do. Yeah. What one do you like the most? Uncut Gems. What was the one they made with Robert Patterson? Um, Good Times. That was shit was good. Yeah. That one reminded me of you. I know. People said that. Really? Yeah. The, um, specifically yeah. the, yeah. Um, Robert Pattinson. And the other guy combined. People said that shit. That you were a mix of both. Yeah. <laughs> really? You were a hybrid? Yeah. You're better looking yeah. than Robert. That guy's. Yeah. That guy's getting. Ugly compared to you. Criterion Collection, like many fan bases, with or without cult followings. That's not a sentence, bro. What do you mean? Criterion Connection, like many fan bases with or without cult followings. I'm bad at breaking shit up. Whatever. It's all love. It's all love. It's all love. Okay, okay. Just so you know, if you turn this as, as an essay to me and I was your professor, <laughs> going to a B. Okay. Of course, it has its own. If I see another mistake, we're getting B minus level. Of course, it has its own status within an online niche. YouTube subscribe subculture of content creators. Scroll up. Bro, uh, I didn't even read Oh, okay. These types of video vlogs are very popular. Knowing YouTube, of course, these videos have a surprisingly big audience and a vast amount of people who make them. Screenshot of various cult collection of the Criterion stuff. When it comes to preferences and my taste regarding my Criterion collection of physical media, I personally enjoy anything especially related that involves New York City in the film aesthetic. Like what? These. The people can't see them. Okay, but the, yeah, you, you just, I'll tell them. Um, well, that's uh, Shaft, Martin Scorsese, uh, Martin Scorsese, The Irishman, uh, 12 Angry Men. The Irishman stunk. I know. That was truly bad. I know. That did not work. But they, they had to make it for two reasons. Why? Because of that generation of Italians and Irish are dying off and they're not coming back. Yeah? Yeah. You so, reflected that? No, yeah. It's what, like the old guard Italian guy. Yeah, exactly. They made it specially for our generation. Mm, then they shouldn't have made it three and a half hours long. <laughs> I agree. Because those people don't have a lot of time left. left. Yeah. And they're going to have to watch the director's cut. I have it. No, I don't want to watch that shit. That movie stunk. I know. And it was so funny when they had Robert De Niro beating someone yeah, up. But I know. you could tell he was 78. Yeah, I know. Because he couldn't like throw kick the or punch. Yeah, punch Even it. though they tried to cut around it. And they did the weird, like, CGI yeah, of I know. these young guy. Did you read that part or not? Um, no. Um, anyway, Criteria. You know what that movie reminded me of? What? 
You know when you watch Grown Ups and it's Sandler and yeah. it's uh, oh, wait, wait, Chris one, Rock one or two. David Spade, but either of them. Okay. David Spade and Kevin James, and they're all... The, the, the movie is just an excuse for them to hang out. Yes. They got to make a movie so they can hang out. Yes, that's already been addressed by many, many people. Right? right? Yeah. That's what The Irishman is for those old Italian dudes. De yeah. Niro... And Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Pesci and Scorsese. Yeah, that's their grown-ups. They're like, we can't hang out. We have got to make a movie together. And all they did is they go, okay, Pesci, this time you're the mob boss. Uh, this time you're the muscle, Robert. And this time you're the gopher. You know, they just sw- shuffle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty obvious. The whatever. Where were you on here? I like that every point or take I make, you just repeat it, and then they're like, all right, keep reading my stuff. Okay. Criterion Collection releases. Why do you want me to do this, by the way? Because I hate my own voice reading. Really? And yeah. You think people want to hear this, right? Well, I, I was like, the audience is a different audience to read my blog who listens to the podcast. I'm cross-blending them. Cross-blending. Criterion Collection releases every product they come out with the utmost love. with They come out with, with the utmost love and care put into them, much like this podcast. The final product of Sucking Cock. It, oh, sorry, I got something on my mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the final product of what is presented with every DVD and Blu-ray disc case cover art is always exceptional. Every disc, could be a DVD or Blu-ray, comes with an artistically designed inside information pamphlet. On the inside of the physical media, the pamphlets are designed with each pack. I love that you call it physical media. That's what it's called. I guess you're right. The pamphlets are designed with each page of mine to be intricately unique. The display custom art or beautifully grabbed film slides from the physical media it's presenting. B minus. When Criterion Collection designs the cover art, the covers for each film, they truly go above and beyond. This is one reason I believe so many cinephiles are fascinated by Criterion Collection and are such avid supporters of the Criterion Collection. End blog. Uh, let me see what else do we have on the blog. Um, uh, you pick. You pick a side. There are some long ones and there's some good ones on here. That's Wait, give me like a nice solid short. That one. was a short one. Film review of Marvel's Deadpool. It was fine. <laughs> good <laughs> review. Good review. Okay. Okay. Do you want to do the uh, the actual or just add a little bit? I would like to open by saying Marvel's Deadpool was released in the movie theaters. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You want to open by just saying when it was released in the theaters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which was uh, so. This review wasn't made in 2016. This remove review is six years late. Yeah, it was because I did it in 2020. Because we're dying for this, right? Yeah, we were dying for the Mateo review. Yeah, I know about Devil. Movie that was not a classic, but like it had a bump. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I really liked it, and you'll hear my opinion when you read the article. Oh, fuck. Why do you want me to read the article again? For the cross-blending of my podcast and blog readers. And the blog is get a quite a frequent lot of readers. How many female? I don't know. I don't get the statistics. To add insult to injury, the people that probably saw it already people are already people seen Marvel's Deadpool multiple times. This article is not for those losers. It's for individuals that have never seen it. To prove I'm a serious... I'm serious. This film review of Marvel's Deadpool is six years late to the game and contains absolutely no spoilers. Personally, I'm not a fan of how he died in the end. That's a spoiler! Did I say that? No. Oh. 
<laughs> why, why would he die? There are two of them. There are actually three of them. There's three Deadpool. Yeah. That's a spoil. That you just spoiled it. No, I didn't spoil it. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. That's a spoiler, bro. I'm sorry. It's all love at the end of the day. Besides, personally, I'm not ready to do Marvel with my allegiance lying with DC Comics. But for this review, I'm going to try and be objective. Conversations that carry on about Marvel movies, I'm often bored by them. Hmm. Much like reading the blog. for. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. That was a very good one. Besides that, criticism of Marvel, I am absolutely fond of fondling titties. True. I am. For these reasons. I often find Marvels to be very pompous in their approach to telling a story of good versus evil. Plus, the over-the-top, endless fight scenes often drag on for far too long. That's true. Marvel's Deadpool falls very much in the tradition of the category of films based on comic book heroes such as The Shadow, The Phantom, The Punisher, and the collection of characters in The Watchmen. The Watchmen. What did you think of that movie? It's okay. I, at this point, I'm so done with it. But like, yeah, I like the HBO show better. I kind oh the HBO show was way better. It was way better. That shit was really good. I know. I remember that being like, wow, they yeah. really made it an incredible story off that. Yeah. And like uh, one of my favorite parts, which was even funnier, those comics it's based off of suck. They sold like no issues. Really? Yeah. It wasn't that big of a franchise. No. Because I feel like what the writer did of the modern Watchmen was better than what they did. And you don't even have to have seen the movie Watchmen or know the comics Watchmen to have enjoyed the HBO show. Yeah. But I feel like what they did was like, oh shit, that was really. That was really cunning. Really really good. Where are we? Anyway, oh my. This is the shortest. Oh, my God. There are only two more after this. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> You'll be the judge. Tay, I said a hat. All right, we got to go quick. Yeah. Marvel has proven with Deadpool that they can step outside the well-crafted formula of making mediocre films. Deadpool is a key example of Marvel breaking their formula of mediocrity with an intense character-driven narrative and with a character that is as crass as he is compelling. Just like me. <laughs> talking me or you? Huh? <laughs> talking about me or you? I don't know if you're compelling. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. You're incredibly compelling. Thank you. I find Deadpool to be a compulsively likable character. The film is set to follow the standard Marvel origin plot and story narrative detailing how smart former mercenary Wade Wilson is. Basically, he met the love of his life only have his relationship cut short by a drastic and horrific cancer diagnosis. Wade Wilson is given an opportunity not only to have his cancer completely healed, but also to be given superpowers, which of course he takes. The secret of his suspicious organization that gave him superpowers is an organization that specializes in worldwide mutant trafficking. Wade Wilson is horribly disfigured in the process of this treatment and becomes a mutant who vows to hunt down the corrupt doctor that disfigured him for more than a decade. Now Marvel has been pumping out blockbuster after blockbuster as well as origin story films like Deadpool is the way to get around better writing and better character for films. I personally don't mind superhero films, but a large percentage of directors and film artists look down upon them as junk food for the big screen. Martin Scorsese is the most vocal of the directors to heavily criticize superhero films, but I digress. You know, he does. He does, Because yeah. he's a fan of cinema. I know. And that's why he makes... Three hour, hour and 47 minutes. Minute movies <laughs> where you're like, What the hell is happening? I need a little less cinema and a m- little more movie, Martin. Yeah. Some You made some great movies, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But a little a little less pretentiousness would help. Also, oh, make a movie that isn't about Italians for once. How about He's it? He's done it a few times. Oh, yeah? Which ones? Games in New York. Really? Yeah. There's got to be some Italians in that. No, it's all it's all in the seventeen eighteen hundreds. Really? Yeah. That was when Italians were persecuted. 
those before they came to think of the film takes place during like the Civil War, not Revolutionary War. When did they come? Come out, you mean? Yeah, to America. Truly, I don't know. Uh, game games. Uh, no. When did Italians come to America? 1890s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool works as a character because he completely embodies the prankster idea. Wade Wilson is completely and fully his own person to the exclusion of all outside influences. His demeanor, even the face of extreme adversity, is calm and lighthearted. The scenes of yeah, that's something I hate about Marvel movies. What? The whole being witty while almost dying all the okay. time. I fucking hate that the bad guy's about to kill you and you're like, oh, somebody didn't brush their teeth. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm okay. like, shut up. You wouldn't say that. You're not able to be a smart ass. In a situation like that. In yeah. a situation where the fate of the universe is about to end. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Man, wish that guy had a breath mint. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. As a character, Deadpool is a self-obsessed narcissist. I'm not narcissistic. But you're self-obsessed? I'm egotistical, but not a narcissist. There's a difference. What is it? I don't know. I remember reading a medical journal about it. Mm. I was doing some deep research. Yeah? Yeah. Respect that. All right, we're almost done. That's why it works as well as a film. It makes me. It makes one ask how to do good without being evil. The film plays with the theme of the Nietzschean disregard for social order. That is so Nietzschean. Which is beautifully displayed with the over-the-top violence and repeated foul language throughout the film. Most of the horror films try not to lay on the full Tarantino touch. Don't burp, dude. That's gross. That was you. All right, it was, but I felt bad, so I blamed you. Okay. When it comes to gun violence, Deadpool, with no disregard for the formula, revels in various scenes of what can be described as the on-screen visual bloodbath. To end this blog post, I recommend that when you have free time this week, just stream Marvel's Deadpool. What a great and realistic ending yeah. to a review. I just recommend you do it when you have free time. Uh, right. so, well, well, there are like two more. I gotta check out. Uh, uh, we can do broadcasting, the Leonard Cohen review, or I was gonna do all of these. There's not enough time. Uh, we're not doing all of them because there isn't time. Um, what's? Do you want to read your most recent one? Yeah, yeah, you read it. Oh. Plus, the Julian Assange one's twelve pages. Jesus, I know. <laughs> Let me get a feeling. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. no, it's not. after that. Uh, after. Oh God. It's, oh God. That's it. What's the Limitless one? It's a review about Limitless. You want to do Limitless? The film Limitless is a science fiction drama directed by Neil Berger and set in the present time where the main character, Eddie Mora, Bradley Cooper, is on a downward spiral. He's a writer who's experiencing writer's block and has recently, his girlfriend has broken up with his bitch ass. <laughs> He's become disheveled. His apartment is a mess. It really would be fun to like, yeah. have like a review in a newspaper. who you know, Yeah, bitch ass. He's a punk ass narc with no dick and a fucking. I, I've used language like that in these reviews. Yeah, yeah. You just did. And he is antisocial, not seeing people or going out. This paper will analyze two scenes that stand out as important to explore methods the director used to develop the size fiction aspect of the film. The first scene will be the introduction. The second scene analyzes be the one where Eddie Moore takes the drug NZT. The premise of the film is. Set up when anymore the encounters his ex brother in law who gives him a free sample of a pill that is being developed by a pharma company. The name of the drug NZT takes the drug and finds his brain functions at 100% rather than the 5% that the humans generally can access. The character finds his world open. 
He can think so clearly. He can predict what will happen in the immediate future. He can foresee immediate consequences for every action. His life is a wreck, but suddenly on this drug, his thought process is overly sharp and clear. He can achieve... Wait, so basically you're telling me just his brother-in-law had the drug? Yeah. What about that guy? Is he not limitless? I don't know. They never explained that in the movie. Yeah, it's like, was this guy doing it? I think he was just pushing it. Yeah, well, he should, because Bradley Cooper became, like, a super genius. He realizes he needs his drug to live. He gets a supply from his brother-in-law and transforms his life. He physically transforms, cuts his hair, and changes his dress, and his walk is more confident. He acts more than most gifted humans, as his IQ is a four-digit number. Big whoop. Mine's five. <laughs> Did you know that? No. I have an 11,000. That's good. IQ. That's good. Yeah. You feel pride in that? Of course. Good. 11,000. That's good. That's like 10x the smartest person in the world. Okay. The film is produced so that the scenes where Eddie Mora is off the drug are dark, dirty, and run down. The shots are focused downward so that the viewers see a world that is closed and confusing. It's confused. Conversely, when Eddie takes the drug, the scenes are produced with lots of light or in expensive settings such as restaurants. A nice observation, Tay. There, the film rushes forward when he takes the drug and speeds through the streets of New York City. You know, the limitless drug, that's how I feel when I just take a little toke of Mary J. Okay. You know? You yeah. just feel like anything's possible. I don't. Do you ever smoke? I, I did a few times and I feel like I'm going to die. The film, yeah. Oh, did you skip something? No, 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 no. The film flashbacks when he was an unemployed writer experiencing writer's block. His hair is long. Ugh! And he's living in an apartment that is a complete mess. Yeah, no thanks. The speed of the shot slows down and the dark lighting and setting create a slower atmosphere of failure and depression. Kind of like this place I'm living. He has trouble connecting with people around him and no one understands him. The conversations in his head are disembodied and he responds clearly. He runs into his ex-brother-in-law what a fucking cheap... I mean, this guy in the movie's a writer, and then he just, like, run. That's, like, bad writing to be like, hey, ex-brother-in-law, thanks for the drug that changes everything with no mention of why no one else is on this or some shit, but you have the hookup? Yeah. yeah. I have never realized that you pointed out to me how lazy the writing is in this, but I love the film. It's a fun movie. It's a total movie that you just have to go, all right, this, this works. not good. But it works. It works. It's fun. Um, Brian Eno and Trent Reznor do the score. The effect is to transform the character's POV. Should I put a video or no? No. Okay. Uh, Eddie Moore. Jesus, fuck me. I think it's like two more paragraphs or three. Three. All right, let's ride. Eddie Mora begins to suddenly realize something is different. He returns home to find his apartment as a disgusting pigsty. The director uses a green screen to impose multiple images of Eddie cleaning his apartment to create the effect of being over-efficient as he cleans. The character multiplies to show how the drug activates his mind and body. The scene itself is filmed in third-person preference with outer-body POV. It is lit in a dark yellow-orange tint to create a dreamlike sequence. The end of the scene shows his apartment is spotless and light begins to enter the apartment. The story shifts to his manuscript and he finishes his book and hands in the manuscript with the money he makes he begins to trade online and soon makes millions that's one thing about the movie was hilarious so he has this drug that makes us limitless yeah and then he's like all right time to go on wall street bets yeah and stock trade like you're telling me how uncreative are you as a person that you're like 
I have the best brain ever. What am I going to do? Investment. Invest. Like, what a loser. The overnight success of Eddie in the financial market draws attention. He becomes involved with a big investor, Carl Look, played by Robbie D. Robbie De Niro. Eddie Moore becomes involved in financial markets and begins making huge sums of money. He meets powerful men and eventually becomes found out that he takes a pill that produces mental acuity. <gasps> An element of danger is present throughout the film. Once Eddie begins making money in finance, he attracts dangerous people who are also interested in the ability to predict investments. He begins to be followed and there is an assassination attempt. The film is edited to create speed and suspense and expose the corruption of the finance world, pharmaceutical business, and politicians. Yeah, dude, they're fucking clowns. In the long run, his hyperintelligence, rather than solving his problems, creates bigger problems for him as he nearly loses his life. Do you feel like your hyperintelligence has created problems for you? Some, and uh, some, yes and no. His greed represents not only his individual greed, but societal values where super intelligence is used to make money, not solve social and moral problems. That's true. What an idiot. The end of the film is chaotic, and he manages to fight off his would-be assassins, and the end it is unclear as if he is, he of off, is, if he is off the drug or not, but he manufactures the pill in his own warehouse. The director's use of special effects, speed, lighting, and music created a visually exciting film that captured the promise of what science could offer you, Mary. In the future. Okay, so we we got what we need. We should talk for the last five minutes. Yeah, we should. We should. Uh, we should. Talk to me, Brent. What was your last interview? Oh, I, I, like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good dude. Oh, okay. Where was it at? Um, I can't. Re- I can't remember the name of the company. It was like a. It was a company. It's like owned by I think Pepsi for making commercials. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not directly with Pepsi. What was the jo- What was the job for? Uh, editing their footage. Yeah. Yeah. And you felt like you tanked the interview? No, I did very well. The guy was like, I just need more job experience. It was like a first time. The guy wanted to see what I had. Um, Sure. Okay. We're good. Think I did. How did I do? I personally wanted to do all of them, but I, I realized... I couldn't was, do four. No, you couldn't, you couldn't have. Yeah, no. I, and even that, if I had the time, I don't know if I... You mentally could handle it. Yeah, I don't think I could not commit suicide, <laughs> which probably would make for a good podcast. Probably. You'd bore would you? You put it on Reddit, like I don't even know. Uh, no, where where did that? No, I don't even know a story about that guy. I'm not even going to talk about it. what. Remember the guy who was stalking Bjork who killed himself on camera? No. Oh, okay. Well, you can all look that up on Wikipedia. I'm not talking about Write that. Write a piece about it. People have. People well, this have. has been a good episode. I think it has. Brett, plug your shit. Just keep an eye out, everybody, for an off-Broadway play I'm uh, in and co-wrote that's coming out in April this year. There'll be a run in a theater. Teo saw it. I bet three times. Yeah? Yeah. What do you think of it? I don't know. It seems like every time I saw it, it went downhill. Not really? oh, not, really? not like like acting-wise. I meant like, what do you call it? Like with a scale production. Well, yeah, because the first one you saw, we did it at the, yeah, the theater, play, and yeah. then we did table reads. Yeah. That's so, what and those were intentional, because those are, don't cost money. Yeah. In the way that, like, putting it on its legs. Did you feel like the the quality of the show improved, though? Be real with me. You can... The, actually, the first table we saw at the cellar was very good. That was a good one. The one at the Sam York was really not good to sound one out. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was... But that show picked up. They're I know. I saved for the whole thing. I'm left for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Thanks for doing that, man. It's well, always well. nice to have in the audience. I hope you enjoy the show. I do. I do. I know. I only noticed that um, the trance or drag queen you booked for the show. Mm-hmm. 
Every outfit she like every showing she wears a different outfit. She's very talented. I realize that like it's like we got to get her to look like Medea more though. Okay. Because that's the character. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, man. Yeah, thanks for coming to shows. You'll be at the at the opening night, I'm sure. Of what? When we do the Off Broadway run. Oh, you are. Uh, do you got a theater for that year or no? Can't announce. Okay. Okay. Yet. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, I'm gonna get sued. Probably. That's it, uh, and uh, I'm gonna cut it, bitches. Danger! Danger. Representing on Let Us Be Idiots podcast. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Lou B, U B, Raw, that's a real gig. That's a real gig. But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots. Let's be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. Let us be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. They ask me how I do it, keep them coming with that hot flame. Dangs, take the reins, act a fool with my pin pain. The only place I do it is the show that gets the silliest. Tired of being stuffy, so I say, let us be idiots. Y'all about to know that I'm the monster with the sick. Call me PMS, probably million stacking, no, no Let's go, drop lava rocks, burning infinite Keep these bastards angry, angry bastards just don't give a ish Lighting their ways up, bring the real deal I feel we too much, make them all squeal Mohill in my clutch, make them out and out Ruby, lighting it up, got you saying well Lengthy, you be raw, that's a real gig That's a real gig But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots Let's be idiots I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots Let us be idiots I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots